You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello and welcome to a television episode of the Oz Network. And we're going all the way back in time here to the early 2000s to my maybe my favorite show of all time. And we're doing something different here. We're not going to sit down and start with episode one and then in 2036 we finally finished this big project so we're going to be talking smallville today and this is a random episode uh so we've got a couple of these planned for you and uh if you haven't seen this episode yet pause this episode right now pause this podcast go watch this and then come back and then you can listen to us discuss it for the next hour so my name is colin and i also shot lionel luther and my name is Ben, and somebody save me! Uh, I wasn't going to steal your lines. <laughs> no problem. Sorry, I just had to. I just had to do that. As I said, we're doing random episodes here, and, you know, there are some shows out there that you kind of have to follow start to finish, and there's other shows. You know, if you're familiar with the basic premise of Superman and Superboy and everything like that, and... 2003 music being played during emotional scenes then you probably know enough about smallville that you could jump in somewhere in the middle and we'll give some context if you're confused at any point but we are talking today about season two episode number 13 yes that's right episode number 13 titled suspect and this is the episode otherwise known as Who Shot Lionel Luther? Mm. Um, hands down, one of my favorite episodes of Smallville, as cheesy as it is at times. We're going to get into some fun moments here. Uh, but before we get into this, as we are starting a kind of mini Smallville project here, uh, we could just talk a little bit about our history watching Smallville. Um, my history is I think this is the only show I watch from 2001 to 2011 um i i'm probably gonna go on all day uh about this all i'll just cut it short but i mean i saw i was a huge fan of superman ever since i was a little kid huge fan of the superman movies read all the comics watched the 1980s early 90s superboy tv show kind of skipped lois and clark because i was too cool to watch a show about love stories <laughs> involving superman um but when this came on the air it was just the perfect show for me at the right age and by the time it got into the later seasons, no joke, I would have a 10-hour VHS that I had made of different seasons, my favorite episodes, and I would put that on before I went to bed, and it played throughout the night. So if I woke up in the middle of the night, I had Smallville in the background to, to ease me back into sleep, to, to comfort me. Uh, I, I have a very strong emotional connection to this show, and I... <laughs> Don't know if it's the same with you, Ben, but uh, absolutely love Smallville and can't wait to talk about any episodes of. So, so you slept with Smallville before you ever slept with a woman? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, but there are women on this show, Smallville. So maybe I can claim that as my. I thought you were about to say there are women on this show that I slept with. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> really, this is why you really do love this show. Stay tuned to later episodes to hear about. No. <laughs> um, I guess, I mean, I'm a huge Superman fan. My favourite superhero. Love Superman. I did see bits of Lois and Clark. I mean, I was very young. But um, I used to watch... My sister used to really like Lois and Clark. So, I think I used to see bits of it. And, I mean, I remember, like, you know, 007 available via iTunes. You know, when Terry Hatcher was cast. I'm like, hey, it's, you know, it's Lois. Because I sort of had seen Lois and Clark. So, that was... 
you know, leading into this, uh, it was one of these ones, you know, back in the day when they would advertise and you would watch them on TV because you didn't really have the internet or, you know, things like that. So you had to get excited for actual promos. And I got into it, um, and it was one of these ones, though, that was really just thrown around a lot by our networks in Australia. Any Australians listening would know that that's just generally a thing here. And I think we got, like, I'm pretty sure Channel 9 showed it for a season, and they got rid of it. And then I think maybe Southern Cross, which was our sort of version of Channel 10, this is meaning nothing to Colin, of course. Um, <laughs> and it basically got to a point where I maybe saw, like, two or three seasons, and we just couldn't see it anymore. And then I eventually would go back and I got them all on DVD and I, I watched it all there. And I'm not quite as obsessed with it, with it as Colin. I enjoyed Smallville. I, I, I like it. It's a show that I would, you know, gradually one day re-watch over again. I guess I'm probably the opposite though of Colin. Like, I wouldn't go out and, you know, this wouldn't be in my top ten of shows that I would re-watch completely. Uh, but I still really did enjoy it. And, I mean... I guess one day we will cover the finale, but I will say that I think Smallville probably has one of the greatest finales to a TV series ever. Oh, um, so that's one thing that always puts Smallville very high up, in my opinion, of it. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I hadn't seen Smallville in a long time, so it was interesting to kind of watch this and the other ones that we're going to be doing with this random, randomised uh, reviews. And, yeah, I've got a lot to talk about, too. Yeah, and we're not just going to be talking about, you know, our favorite episodes here. Like you said, this is random, uh, you know, semi-random. But, uh, uh, you know, today we're talking about one that's always been one of my favorite episodes, Suspect. And uh, probably at least once a year I'll go back and watch, you know, maybe a few from each season. And this is always the one that I go to from season two. This and maybe two others from season two that I go to. Um, but, you know, as we go along here, we'll probably have, you know, a bad episode every now and then, uh, an atrocious episode every now and then, maybe just some random ones. But uh, with this one, we, we at least get to start off with one of my favorite episodes. And uh, did you have any memories of this before you watched it uh, earlier today? Sort of, yeah. It was, I again, as I said, it's been a while since I've watched it, but uh, this is one of the ones where I was kind of like, yeah, I think I remember this episode. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a whodunit style, you know, who shot Mr. Burns, who shot JR, kind of those sort of things. So it's it's a good to have one of these mystery ones that you, you're kind of guessing. And, like, I mean, I remembered bits of it, but I also, you know, watching the entire episode, had no clue who actually did it. So, I mean, it was that much time had passed where I almost was watching it with fresh eyes, thinking like, oh, maybe he did it, maybe he did it, maybe he did it, you know, so um, just I remembered enough to know that I remembered it, if that makes sense, but not enough to know who did That made no sense in my head either, so, yeah. Well, I think this episode did that well by, you know, throwing you off the scent on certain characters. I mean, this, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, this show is, you know, uh, the Shakespeare of the WB <laughs> network. I mean, it probably is the Shakespeare of the WB. I was about to say, is that, is that I, a hard thing to achieve? <laughs> the WB yeah, network? It's this or popular. Uh, hey, hey, now <laughs> come, come on. to the Oz network. <laughs> <laughs> I will defend popular. Now, I love that show. Yeah, maybe you could get me covering some popular episodes. Oh, please. Well, that popular. only had two seasons. We could cover that pretty easily. That that and also like, then you brought that up. You just like get don't get me excited. I actually I seriously rewatched Popular in the last six months and again, oh, Ryan no. Murphy, that guy is a is a is an icon. I never seen it and uh, if we get enough listener attention, maybe you can persuade me to watch it. Oh, but you 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 your mind will be popular. changed, my friend. Your mind will be changed. <laughs> Um, but I mean, I think this episode does do it well, you know, 
creating the suspicion of who is it and when you eventually find out who it is i mean the episodes like this always end up having maybe just oh that's a lame finish and this one it could have been but they find a way to make it interesting in the end but i mean i just love the way it starts out i mean smallville doesn't get artistic i guess you could say often but this opening sequence where you know you have this operatic music playing and Lionel, who, let's put in the context uh, for anybody who's not watching this in order, Lionel is apparently blind at this point, and, you know, somebody's in his house, and he says this discussion is over, and he's shot very artistically as he falls in slow motion, and there's this operatic music playing. I mean, this doesn't feel like Smallville at all. This feels like, you know, something out of The the Living Daylights or Quantum of Solace with the big opera scenes. I mean, I, I just love the opening of this. And I, Lionel Luther's always was one of my favorite characters in Smallville. Um, mm-hmm. John Glove is awesome, and I just, I, I love his character. And yeah, I mean, kind of going back to your, uh, n- you know, not exactly Shakespeare, um, it's, <laughs> I've got things to say when it comes to certain acting in this show. Because uh, again, it's been a while <laughs> since I've seen it. And let's just say the acting, particularly maybe from the leading star, doesn't exactly hold up well. But John Glover as Lionel Luther does hold up well. And again, you're yes. right. Like if you if you just were flicking channels and you saw this opening scene, I mean, you would have no idea that this is a show about the origins of Superman. Um, mm-hmm. So it's done very well. And yeah, I forgot that he was blind. That was a big story arc, wasn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> he's blind, right? <laughs> again, just to point this out, again, Colin is a huge fan. Colin's going to be able to be like, oh, this happened, this happened. I, again, I haven't seen it in ages. I vaguely remember yeah. that Lionel Luther was blind. I vaguely remember that Martha Kent worked for Lionel Luther. Um, so, little things to me. Are like, and not um, just because... This not just because this episode told you that Lionel Luther is blind. <laughs> Within three seconds of it opening, there's opera. I'm blind, and Martha doesn't work for me anymore. Oh, done. I, I know the I know the background for this uh, show right yeah. there. But uh, yeah, it's great. I, I I did enjoy you know as you said the, the the way it all is put together. And again, it's like oh da da da, who shot him? And then, you know, obviously drunken Jonathan Kent in the next scene. But I guess I'm probably <laughs> jumping ahead. But yes. Well, it's still pre-titles, and it's only three minutes long, so it's not jumping that far ahead. But, I mean, yeah, that's basically the next thing I put here is that Boozy Jonathan is arrested. (laughs) (laughs) And they have their guns drawn on the man. I mean, at this point, I mean, we find out later on that there's a bigger conspiracy here. But what reason do they have to have, like, guns drawn on this drunken, passed-out farmer in front of a pickup? I mean... He wasn't, you know, waving a gun at them or anything. And if anything, they should have just been giving him a breathalyzer first. But it's pretty quick to arrest him here. But he's the first one implicated, you know, before we even get to the opening credits. And again, that was another great hook. Back in these days, I mean, it was it was different. I mean, TV shows had to hook you in the opening scene. And it's not like nowadays where we would have opening credits. So you would only have them, these, these networks would have a few minutes before they'd have to get to the opening credits. And they'd have to make sure before people had, you know, DVRs, PVRs, that you wanted to watch the episode. So these pre-title scenes were meant to get the audience's attention. And what better way to do it? Lionel Luther has been shot. Jonathan Kent is drunk, <laughs> and he's a murderer. I mean, <laughs> the, the 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 scandal here in Smallville. I mean, it, that that's kind of context of two thousand and two here and uh, 2003 and how you get an audience to watch an episode and let's just be honest that's just an everyday in smallville you know oh there's jonathan kent drunk again oh lionel <laughs> luther got shot again lol um yeah i mean this 
I, I don't know. There's some part of me, and I guess that's just the... I don't know, the throwback of what you and I are used to growing up with is I miss that kind of like, oh, shit, yeah. something's happened. Here's the, the, the titles. And I, I guess we can talk about the titles separately, but, you know, that's something that we just don't see in TV anymore as well. But it's just, it's, it's, it's an enjoyable way of doing it. And um, it's, yeah, I, 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 do, I do miss it. But it's, um, yeah, Boozy, I'm glad you mentioned about the fact they've got the cops drawing their guns on him. There's a lot to talk about the police force of Smallville. Uh, (laughs) Particularly when you've got a teenager doing most of their job. Like, again, I know there's a wider conspiracy here, but are the the cops of Smallville, like, the worst police in the world? Um, It's just it's embarrassing. And because everyone knows everyone, and he's apologising for arresting him. Sorry, sorry, Jonathan. Sorry, you know, I have to do this. Like, okay, then, let's let's picture this. Like, Jonathan Kent, let's imagine he is guilty. Spoiler alert, he's not. He's in that car with a gun covered in blood. There's butchered bodies in the background. Um, you know, he's murdered, like, half the town. Is the sheriff still going to be like, oh, sorry, Jonathan, sorry. <laughs> like, I have sorry to arrest this. you. And, like, again, is this, like, wh- why are they pulling guns on him? Why is there, like, four cops? I mean, that's probably the entire Smallville police force. And... The man's passed out <laughs> drunk. Was he going to put up a fight? And he just happens to have a gun in his head. Fair enough, he's got a gun in his hand. Dangerous. But, I mean, he's a southerner. <laughs> I do. I do also like the fact that um, just adding to like you mentioned the opera and the theme, like you know, all good dramatic scenes are done in the rain. Let's be honest. Um, yeah. but it's just pissing down. I didn't know Kansas was renowned for its you know torrential tropical thunderstorms, but uh, hey, cool. We are big fans of the weather here on the Oz Network. Yes. We've established that. <laughs> yes, exactly. But um. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, it works that way well. Uh, and the thing is, again, because I haven't seen this so long, John Schneider plays Jonathan Kent. I think the last thing I saw him in, and I remember actually when it aired because um, it was such a different character to who he was in Smallville, uh, he was in Nip Tuck, uh, again, coming soon to the Oz Network, and he basically played a porn producer who was using his porn stars to sleep with them. And it was a real shady sort of opposite to the real, you know, genuine nice guy that is Jonathan Kent. So uh, it's kind of weird to now go back and see him in uh, you know humble Jonathan Kent role and not you know exploiting porn stars in Miami. Yeah, you know he. It's funny because I mean I've never seen Nip Tuck and nor have I really ever seen him in a role like that. But watching the show, I used to always say to people, I was like, I wish Jonathan Kent was my adopted dad. Yep. I wish Martha Kent was my adopted mom." Yep. Like, I honestly would wish they were my parents. It's such a wholesome role. You wouldn't expect them to play anything like that. Yeah, and I agree with you. They're, I mean, they're just there's these TV parents that, again, you're like, look, you know, if something happened to my parents and I had to get adopted by somebody, I want the Kents to mm. adopt me, you know? And, and like, look, exactly. I'm sure we'll talk about it throughout these and other episodes and to do with the entire small uh, Superman universe. You know, m- multiple people have played the Kents. Um, and, you know, but... Yeah, John Snyder and Edo Tool, they're they're pretty darn good in my books. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I, I would put uh John Schneider ahead of even Kevin Costner as like the ultimate Jonathan Kent. And Kevin Costner was born to play Jonathan Kent. Yeah, and born to get sucked up in a tornado. So um <laughs> Listen to Twister via the Oz Network. <laughs> Honey, we got Kent's <laughs> Uh so jumping into the episode here. 
there's already suspicion, you know, back and forth between Lex and Dominic Santori, who was a minor forgettable character in a few episodes prior to this. So you know that there's going to be something major with him in this episode. And I don't know if you even realize this. You didn't message me or anything, but <laughs> the guy who plays Lionel's assistant here, Dominic Santori, is Jason Connery, the son of Sean Connery. I saw the word Connery pop up. I actually have written that down. Mm-hmm. I put guess that Connery, and I'm like, oh, you know. I uh, didn't actually realize uh, I didn't go to that extent. I just, you know, I guess I wasn't being on the assumption that everybody with Connery is related to, sir. But uh, maybe this is a case where I should have actually gone out of that. You should way. have just assumed. Yes, I if mean, there's a Connery. It's yeah. I, I kind of, you know, obviously then should assume that John Schneider is related to Rob Schneider. So um, that <laughs> they aren't. Uh, well, I'm sure they are They're somewhere. Really spitting image of each other. <laughs> reminds me of that South Park episode. John Schneider was a carrot. <laughs> I didn't see that. Oh, see, I was about to say your reaction basically implied that you would never see one of the greatest South Park episodes where Rob Schneider literally turns into a carrot, a stapler. Uh, Just, it's funny. It's a good episode. Coming soon to the Oz Network. Same thing happened to Jonathan Kent in season four of Smallville. We'll get to that. What an episode that was. (laughs) So, before we get into the major story here, uh, other than the fact that Dominic and Lex don't like each other and they both immediately suspect each other of the shooting of Lionel, uh, the only things really to put into context for this episode is, as you said, Lionel is blind, quote-unquote blind. Um, Martha has been working for Lionel to earn extra money and Jonathan doesn't like it. And Lana's biological dad that she found out about is part of this show very briefly, and he'll come up later on. So they kind of suggest that he uh, represents him, you know, in this murder trial or whatever. They're getting a lawyer very quickly here. Uh, But, yeah, that suggestion thrown out there. Jonathan admits that he, you know, he had like one drink and he just felt sick and doesn't know what happened after that. You know, the excuse that everybody uses when they get picked up for murder, obviously. (laughs) And we jump into uh, (laughs) my favorite thing in any type of Smallville. Um, Why is Lana, like the most grown-up teenager you've ever seen, (laughs) she owns her own business. (laughs) We find out in another season, she becomes a landlord at 16, like... I just, I don't understand. Lana is like an orphan who just does everything for herself. I, you know, a year earlier, she couldn't do anything. And now she owns her own business. Like, I just I just love that she becomes the owner of the talent, the hangout in this. And she's a legitimate business owner. Just, it makes no sense to me. It's, I mean, look, let's be honest. N- none of the, quote, teenagers in this show look like teenagers. I mean, it's, it's, it's a TV yeah. thing that generally in a show about teenagers, they're always going to be played by, you know, people older but i mean i think sometimes they generally get someone who can pass off it like i mean i don't i don't picture you as an oc fan i could be wrong but like i mean obviously the oc was you know renowned for not really i mean i think it was only misha barton was the only one that was legitimately a teenager but i'm watching this episode and what uh how old is is clark and they're meant to be what 16 in this are they 17 at season one yeah they would have been 16 at season two okay tom welling is like 25 uh, at this point, yeah. <laughs> and it's distracting because, again, I know he's meant to be playing like as he, and I, I guess kind of, yeah, it's a good point with Lana, but she's she's cute, you know, she can kind of pass off a little bit. Tom Welling literally looks like he could have kids. 
Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think he did have kids. Yeah, well, exactly. And again, kind of going back to what I loosely mentioned before, Tom Welling is not a good actor. I'm sorry. Like, he's pretty. He's (laughs) good to look at. But, like, there were so many lines he was saying. Like, I don't know if you ever do this when you watch a movie or a TV show, but you're watching it and you're kind of picturing it, like, out of the the movie or the show, and you're trying to think like, imagine Tom Welling reading that line. You, you're thinking about them yeah. filming that scene, and just like, what does he say at one point? Like, Dad, I'm going to do anything in my powers to get you out of here. It's just like, it's just again, you know, he seems like a nice guy. I've never not liked Tom Welling, but you know, you know what the funny thing is? I agree with everything you say. I mean, he has this atrocious way of delivering lines that just it doesn't sound real at all. But it's so charming. Like, I can't help but love the man. <laughs> I know, he's so I'm pretty. Man. It's not, I mean, he is, but it's not even that. It's just, there's something so charming about his, his, you know, lack of acting expertise. It just makes him so wholesome and likable and, you know, cuddly. Small Kansas boy. I mean, who wouldn't want to bring him home to yeah. meet your parents? This is, this is where the executives for, like, the WB at the time, he's walked in there. He's probably just walked in with no shirt on and just been like, I am Clark Kent. I am Superman. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. You are Superman. Yeah. <laughs> and in the Emmy. <laughs> and in the Emmy. Um, just, I mean, going, yeah, I, I just really wanted, I'm so sad you didn't mention the, the title sequence. I guess it's in every episode. We can talk oh, about yeah, every let's, episode. Oh, yeah, let's go back to that. Yeah, um, we'll eventually talk about it. I love Save Me by Remy Zero. It's such a great song. I'm sorry. I love it. I used to play that to death. It was in an episode of Third Watch, my favourite TV show of all time, before it was even in Smallville. There you go. Um, but, I, 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 again, I like the days when you had the cool title sequences, you know, and you always, uh, you're always looking at, oh, I remember that episode. Oh, I remember that episode. Oh, I remember that episode. You know, you're just kind of like seeing all that. Um, yeah, the, the the thing that I guess, having not seen this in ages, is just a little subplot. Like, as you said, like, Lana's, what, biological dad, what's his name? Mr. Small. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> From the original Smalls, yep. Smallville. Yeah, yep. And that's so funny, like, yeah, owning a, a business and then all this sort of stuff. They're very grown up <laughs> in Smallville, in Kansas. And nobody has a Kansas yeah. accent. Why does everybody sound like they're from California in, in Kansas? <laughs> Like, and why is everyone so attractive in rural Kansas? Like, <laughs> what are you saying about our listeners in rural Kansas? I've never been to rural Kansas. All right, I don't know what they look like. I can't imagine they look like this Hollywood what, superstars. This is what they all look like there. <laughs> okay, sorry to all our people listening in Kansas, um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm glad that Sean Connery's son's in this. And uh, Lex, uh, I mentioned about Lionel, about one of my favorite characters. I think Lex was my favorite character. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I always like the evil people, but, uh, I, was it Michael Rosenbaum? Is that how you say his name? <laughs> Just in life, right? Just in life. You know, Hitler, my idol. Um, <laughs> Hitler, Michael Rosenbaum. <laughs> in the same category. Uh, <laughs> not really. Michael, if you're listening, uh, come on the show. Uh, but again, it's, it, what really stands out to me going based on Tom Willing can't act. Michael Rosenbaum can act. So when they have scenes with each other, sometimes it's very awkward because it's like it's like if you put Meryl Streep up against Jamie. Uh, I've never seen Jamie act. I'm sorry if your wife is a good actress, but I can't imagine if I'm watching a film with your wife and Meryl Streep that I'm going to be like, wow, Jamie should win another Oscar. 
let's jump ahead. I mean, we don't have to follow entire plots here. We're assuming if you're watching a random episode of Smallville or listening to a random episode of Smallville podcast, you know the plot. Let's jump into it here. The scene, which you're probably talking about, where Clark storms into Lex's mansion. Which, it's funny how... Why is it every time in Smallville when somebody comes to meet with Lex, they walk in the door unannounced, they walk up the stairs, and they walk into his office. Like, when somebody comes to visit you at your house, do they just open the door to your bedroom and start a conversation? And these are the losers. How rich are they? And again, yeah, there's gate security. And they're, and they're also, like, they're questioning, like, oh, well, we saw Jonathan Kent's car, and oh, we saw this person. It's the Luther Mansion. Everybody just walks in unannounced. I mean, it could have been the Milkman, for God's sakes. Yeah. Yeah, that's how the guy came in there and shot live. It was like, Maggie. It was Maggie Simpson on the sundial. Um, I think that's the scene you're talking about with the acting. You know, Clark. <laughs> <laughs> it really was funny, just the way he delivered his rage. Clark confronting Lex in it. Um, <laughs> there's there's a lot of whenever Clark just comes in and starts like yelling at people, it's just it's not convincing. That's what I'm talking about. Where there's something so charming about Tom Welling because. Yes, it's totally unconvincing, but, like, you can't help but like the guy, even if he's totally unconvincing in this, this fight with Lex. The scene also when he uh, he comes home and they've got the search warrant, and he kind of, like, even sort of his, um, I guess, when he's not speaking and he's reacting to things, it kind of is a bit awkward. Yeah. He walks in the house, has this weird look, and he's like, Mom! <laughs> like, <laughs> That sounded like Kansas. Yeah, exactly. The one time Tom Welling sounded like he's from Kansas. I mean, where is Tom Welling from? He's from New York. Okay, there we go. Um, so, don't know what that means, but whatever. Yeah. Well, we'll make it maybe uh, an occurrence weekly on here, as long as we're covering this, to come up with our Tom Welling line of the week. Yeah. Um, can mom mom. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's quickly skim through some of the plot here. Basically, the sheriff saying you know, they got evidence. There's all these witnesses saying that. Uh, and this is where the show is kind of clever, where they keep flashing back and seeing the same story told from different points of view. And, you know, Jonathan remembers it. Oh, I just had one drink and then I left. And the bartender's like, no, he was in here pounding him back. And he was running off his mouth and you know, saying he was going to take care of Lionel. And he's buying, you know, extra booze under the table. And that's what they found on him. There's all these different stories. And in all honesty, I mean, Jonathan admits, he's like, yeah, you know, I kind of do have a motive to kill the guy. <laughs> They've spent this entire season making Jonathan the suspect. So it's it's not like it took somebody to frame him. You know, for them to be like, well, Jonathan's the one that's going to be framed for this murder. I mean, it, it didn't take a lot of work to be like, let's frame Jonathan for this. But I like how it goes back and forth and shows the same story from different people's point of view. Yeah, I, I agree. And I mean, it's flashbacks can be, you know, done very poorly and they can really ruin an episode and kind of the flow. And, you know, some shows avoid doing flashbacks altogether. But, you know, this is... I think it does it well. I agree with you. I mean, I, I sort of going back a little bit to kind of when he's in jail and he's, like, explaining what he did. I love the fact that he's just like, oh, I ran my errands and then I went to the bar for one drink. And yet, like, there's no... This is humble Jonathan Kent, who everybody loves. You know, Colin and I want him to be our adoptive father. Yet, yeah. it's kind of like... There's no questioning about the fact, oh, that's just Jonathan going to the bar for a drink. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, you know, and running off his mouth about killing somebody. You know, oh, that's just, oh, that's Jonathan Kent. There he that's is. That's we're talking about. Oh, <laughs> uh, Jonathan killed somebody again, and he's passed out drunk. <laughs> yes. Jonathan, and you're going to have to come with me. You know the routine. <laughs> the bar, Wild Coyote. 
Again, Smallville, <laughs> not exactly the metropolis, pardon the pun, of Kansas. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's probably only like one bar in the entire town, or maybe everybody needs to get drunk from the horrible memories of the horrific meteor shower. Um, <laughs> but it's just, it's interesting. That's where Lana's dad's been for the last <laughs> year. <laughs> everyone's, everyone's like, oh, we're so attractive, but we're just so drunk. <laughs> meteor shower. No one knows we exist because we're too hot. Um, <laughs> I don't even know where I was going. One thing, actually, that I, I really noticed, and I don't think this is just a Smallville thing. I think this was maybe a, a TV show at the time thing. It's is. Do you find they overuse music, like the, the theme in the background and kind of just... There, there's barely a scene where there's no music in the background. And I think it's kind of yeah. strange watching that now because... You know, in today's TV, it's sometimes rare that there's even music at all. I mean, think of a show like Breaking Bad or any of these other shows where just literally a lot of the, you know, the mood is set by the fact that there is no music. Whereas this, it's like, to me, it's like they're overusing the music. And, and I mean, again, there's reasons for that, too. I mean, this show came out right around the time that, uh, you know, DVDs were starting to come out with like, 24, Smallville. I mean, these shows were the first ones to kind of be released and have a DVD out the next year. And what uh, networks soon discovered as they wanted to release all these TV shows on DVD is that they now had to pay the licensing fees. Yeah. They, they paid for it once to use an episode, yeah. and now they have to pay for it for every DVD they sell. So, I mean, we're still in an age where some TV shows, you know, from the 70s, 80s, 90s, are not released on DVD just because they're like, well, we have to go out and now re-edit these and put different music in there because we just can't afford to pay for all the music. Yeah. But at this point, you know, maybe they had different deals or they had just struck them. Having music on a TV show, that was considered like the artist's privilege. You have free publicity. Your song was on Smallville. So I think they were looking to, especially on a network like a WB that has younger listeners, this was a way to get like free commercials out there for your music. And, that, and then a lot of, I mean, going back to the OC, funny how we're referencing that so much, but I mean, that, a lot of what made that really popular was the music. You know, I mean, Death Cab for Cutie, I think, owed pretty much their entire career, which is no longer existent anymore. But at the time, um, it was because of the OC, essentially. And I know Seth kind of was known as that character in that show who kind of really opened people's ears up. And those soundtracks for the OC were brilliant. I mean, there were Smallville soundtracks, I think I remember, too. Um, yeah, quite and, a few. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, that's that's a good point, but it's just, it's just interesting now, kind of watching it, and I guess what you're used to when you watch TV now compared to when you're watching it in 2002. Because I'm sure if we were doing this episode in 2002, we wouldn't even probably barely mention it because that was just a standard thing. Yeah, um, just looking up if anybody wants to get it. Smallville, the Talon mix from <laughs> 2003, featuring Remy Zero, Weezer, Five for Fighting, oh. Sixpence, None the Richer. Wow. 2003's Lifehouse. biggest artists who have gone on to so much nothing since. The Calling, Third Eye Blind. Ah, uh, wow. It's like a time machine in my house right now. <laughs> yeah, there is some dating with the, the music too. But Third I mean, Eye that, Blind. That's... I haven't heard that those words mentioned in a <laughs> sentence since 2003. <laughs> Except for when you were here in Winnipeg and there was a Third Eye Blind song that was playing somewhere and you're like... Is this a real song? I thought it was just something Jim Carrey sang in the Yes Man or something like that. Well, I love how everything that we somehow bring up is connected to Winnipeg. Um. Yeah. 
there'll be more Winnipeg to come on Smallville. Uh, stay tuned for that. But um, yeah, with the with the music, it's funny though because this we, this could be an entire episode on Smallville. Just the music. I don't know how many times I've been out in public and you know been at a mall or something like that. And I hear a song playing, and I'll just be like, oh, it's a Smallville song. Like, I can recognize these songs mm. and be like, I don't remember what episode it's in, but I know Clark was sad. He was in his <laughs> barn. He was looking up at the sky. Like, I can just visualize where the songs play. He was looking so cute, but he was terrible at acting. <laughs> Didn't care because he was so attractive. Those eyes. Trying oh. to be angry, but <laughs> trying to be angry, just so charming. I don't know what it was. Um. Into the story here. So Clark, this is what we talk about, like Clark doing the investigative work. And they, they frequently mention on the show that Clark's always there, you know, during these, uh, these, you know, criminal acts and stuff like this. How is he always there and everything? And nobody puts two and two together. But the police can't uh, get to the bottom of this. So Clark and Pete are on the case. <laughs> oh, my. Are we going to have some fun with Pete throughout <laughs> different episodes here? Now, but can um, I just interrupt? Did he, did he not kill someone or something in real life? He went to jail for a long time, didn't he, Sam Jones? Like, he did something. Did he? I think. I'm, I'm going to look this he up. He left the show. Was that what you're thinking about? No, but no, no. Like, he legitimately did. Like, I remember reading about back when I was watching Smallville, and I'm going to look this up while you keep talking, because yeah. I know, like, we the actor went jail. to jail. He did something illegal and was in jail for a long time. Yeah, that might have been in an episode. Um, I don't know. <laughs> but, well, as you're researching that, I'll just talk a little bit quickly. Okay, so Pete Ross is a character from the Superboy comic books, and the thing that was interesting about the or the uh, P- Pete Ross. So the thing that's interesting about the Pete Ross character is that in the comics he was always the one character that actually knew that Clark was Superboy or Superman. So they brought that into the show, and it's frequently cited as what killed his character on the show, which is interesting because I think it's what helped Clark's character, so we could get scenes like this where somebody could chauffeur him around, I guess. But there was something about that that didn't work, and I'm just going to say throughout these episodes, I don't think it's that they had. Pete knowing he had the powers that killed it. I just, I don't like Sam Jones as an actor. I don't think that he's convincing. I find this is something with, you know, early to mid 2000s shows where you have the one character who's always trying to come across cooler than they really are. And it's just, I just don't buy it. And it it serves its purpose here for having him help Clark. But anytime he's delivering lines, he's more convincing of an actor. But it is, I just, something about him bothers me. I, I, kind of just nothing to Pete. He was just there. Um, I, I, you're probably going to hate me for this because I kind profile of... profile pick right now. Okay. We'll get to that because that's a worthy profile pick. But um, I feel you're going to hate me for what I'm about to say. I felt that way about Chloe. I just never got the Chloe-ness and she annoyed me. So I, you know, don't know if you liked Chloe. Well, I guess we're jumping around a bit here, but... No, I mean, like we said, people know the plot, but we're, we're covering Smallville here. I mean, we have to talk about Chloe at some point. She only has, like, one scene in this episode. But it's interesting because I was just saying with my wife, you know, she was saying, uh, watching the episode, she didn't really like Chloe until it got into about the fourth season. I kind of had the same opinion. Uh, these first two seasons, she really did bother me. Mm. And the third season, there was a few episodes that I think they did okay things with her. And then the fourth season... You know, when she became that character, you know, Pete was gone and she became that character that knew about Clark's powers. It, it worked for her in a way it didn't work for Pete. And, uh, I don't, as I said, I think the problem with Pete was the actor. I don't think that he was really that likable. I don't think he was that interesting. But at the same time, I think if you are looking at that frequent argument of Pete knowing about Clark's powers killed his character, 
in a way, I think it didn't improve his character, but it did improve Clark's. When Chloe later found out, I think it improved Chloe's character. So I think later seasons, I'll have a lot more positive things to say about Chloe. And this is what I was I was trying to remember too, because, I mean, it became pretty obvious that Pete obviously knew about his powers when he's like, oh, you're going to do that eye thing or whatever it is. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I remembered obviously that Pete was, he was the first to find out, right? Like, as you were saying, kind of Chloe yeah. found out later. Um, but, I mean, I, I was always trying to remember like, oh, you know, who who knows, who doesn't. Uh, just quickly, Sam Jones the third. Uh, was convicted of conspiracy to possess illegal drugs with the intent to distribute. Um, he pleaded guilty, was sentenced to a year in federal prison on three years probation, and he was released in 2012, having served 10 months. I, I, I thought he killed someone and went away for a long time. but so pretty much the same as murder. <laughs> pretty this much. This Jonathan Kennedy bars, Ben. Yes, yes. What's wrong? Um, <laughs> he has returned to acting since. So, uh, you were mentioning kind of, um, I mean, one thing I guess with Smallville, wasn't it? So, like, it started on the WB, but it ended up on, was it the CW or it changed networks or the something? W- yeah, the WB and, like, you have the four major networks in the United States. You have NBC, CBS, ABC, and Fox. There's two other networks that started in the 90s or late 80s. I don't remember which one. The WB and uh, the, what was the other one? UPN. And I think it was around the fifth or sixth season of Smallville, uh, those two networks merged to make a new network, and they just rebranded it, the CW. Okay, right, okay. Um, I remember kind of just, like, distinctly, though, that the early days, and I, I, again, I didn't know if that came to it, if it was a network change, but you just explained that, but how... You know, early on, it was all the the teenage dramas. Oh, Lana and Clark, will they, won't they? Oh, just classic, you know, that classic Kansas love story we all always wanted to see. And then, obviously, later on, I guess they, they really tried to be more so Superman-ish, I guess, you know, when Lois comes in and, and Oliver Queen and all that kind of stuff, Supergirl. Um, but, I mean, this when I was re-watching this, because then, like, I guess I kind of, I, I loved Lana. I, I can never, is it Kristen Crook? 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 Sure, let's just call it Crook. Kristen Lana. Um, I mean, you know, I'm a teenage <laughs> boy in the 2000s. Of course I'm going to have a crush on her. You know, she's gorgeous. But it's kind of like it does get to a point where you just get so annoyed with it. Like, oh, God, here we go again. Yeah. Lana and Clark. And, and again, she is, I think, a bland character um, for the most part. And I don't think I ever really warmed up to her either. This season, season two, was the one they probably did it best with her, you know, because she was an entrepreneur. She had her own business. You know, she had that going for her. (laughs) Typical Kansas teenage uh, girl. Yep. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, I think they played around with the whole Clark Lana love story in a way that it wasn't nauseating in season two. Uh, You know, and she kind of had her own stories going on, like with her father and all that. So (laughs) this was probably her most tolerable season, maybe season five along with that. But, uh yeah, you know, I wasn't really ever crazy about her character either, you know, kind of getting all the characters out of the way Bring here. in Lois. We want Lois. <laughs> yes. Oh, I can't wait till we get to the Lois episodes. She really did, and when we do get to it, she really did revive the show for me. I was watching the show every week then, but when Lois came on, it's like, this is the greatest show I've ever seen. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk really quickly about Pete. Yes, Pete. The Back to Pete. poor farmer's son. Yeah, poor farmer's son who's driving the fanciest car in Smallville. How does he afford this? Uh, you know cars, Ben. What is he driving there? Yeah, yeah, I, I know some cars, Colin. I'm no expert. <laughs> <laughs> it's got four wheels. It's, it's, it's red. <laughs> it looks like a Corvette or something like that. 
Yeah, it looks way too fancy for because they establish. I think it's either this season or it might be the next season that like his family's going bankrupt, like their farms going bankrupt and everything, and it's just it doesn't make sense for him to be driving this fancy of a car to me. Well, you know, maybe that's ultimately why he went to jail. Uh, it wasn't um, the drug possession I talked about. He stole some Corvette in Kansas. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But, like, the first bit, as you said, of Clark doing the police work for the police also is the first bit of a giant hole in the case for whoever ends up being caught for this, which is Clark saying, you know, to the sheriff, Ethan, you missed a bullet back there. And he's like, no, we didn't. He's like, sure, I saw it. Well, <laughs> let's look at this in reality. <laughs> they said we didn't find anything. You go there. Oh, I found a bullet. Well, isn't the argument in the courtroom going to eventually be the kid probably just fired a gun in there after we searched it? We didn't find it. But like, it's all going to come down to this man is guilty of shooting Lionel Luther. We didn't find a bullet, but this kid over here did two days later. <laughs> the inevitability of the Smallville Police Department. <laughs> yeah. I like was it Pete's line when he said like when they find it and they and I like you know Tom Welling's like this just proves that somebody framed my father and then Pete's just like oh somebody shot a barn like I love the way he says yeah. that like there's nobody in Kansas who just shoots random objects for the fun of it clerk again I, I look no, look I really feel like I'm just being horrible to the state of Kansas here but like I honestly can't imagine like as you said that there's people in Kansas in rural Kansas. It's America. They've got guns. I'm sure there are plenty of people in Kansas just like, yeehaw, let's go shoot and shit. Um, so, like, is that just not a standard thing? Oh, there's another bullet in the barn. Welcome to Kansas. Bullet in the barn. That's on our number yeah. plate. Like, you know. <laughs> Bullets in our barn. Kansas, the bullet in the barn state. <laughs> um, but so Clark finds the bullet, and as we said, and... Uh, uh, we'll just continue through, I guess, the, we'll just group these together about the Clark and Pete's investigation, because, uh, or just before we get to that, I want to move on to the Chloe scene, because I found something really funny in the Chloe scene here, is, as she's sitting there at the torch, the Smallville High School newspaper, and she's preparing the front page, which is, you know, Jonathan Kent arrested of Luther shooting or whatever, and this is a high school newspaper. Yes. And in what world is she like, my best friend's father is being charged with attempted murder. Let me put that on the front page and destroy his family further. Shouldn't she be covering, like, we ran out of Kool-Aid yeah. uh, at the <laughs> last track meet? Um, and again, you know, this is teacher strike imminent. This is a tiny town in Kansas. doesn't wipe the seat. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, it's not New coming. York City. It's like, why? And I, I mean, look, I always find it interesting with like the betrayal of journalists in TV shows. Like, as a journalist, we're either evil <laughs> or we're like the the sole truth getters of the world. And like, what's her line? Like, oh, sometimes I really hate being an objective journalist. You work for a high school yeah. newspaper. What's to be objective about? As Colin just said, we need more Kool-Aid should be your front page story, <laughs> not the conspiracy of one of your students' fathers that shot the richest man in the area. Like, why are you investigating this? Like, seriously, she's 16 years old. Like, when you were 16, were you even thinking about a career? Were you imagining yourself? Because the way it comes across with Chloe, and again, I think this is one of the reasons why maybe when the character grew up, it made more sense. She's always talking about my journalistic integrity, my journalistic integrity. And again, this is one of my favorite episodes of Smallville ever, my favorite TV show. But 
Chloe's talking about her journalistic integrity. It just reminds me of like when little kids are going around and they take a notepad out and they're like, <laughs> Harriet the Spy. Now, mommy, where did my Teddy Ruxpin doll go? Like, that's what I was doing when I was a kid pretending to be Clark Kent as a journalist. And I love how this is just normal. When Lana walks in, she's just like, yeah, I can imagine it's really hard. And it's like, these, they're 16-year-olds. Like, like you're thinking about who you're going to make out with next. And, like, you know, whose party are you going to on the weekend? Not And, like, I love how she's got the layout of, of the newspaper. I mean, I worked for a newspaper yeah. for nearly two years. I mean, obviously, this day and age, it's all computerised. I've, I've never worked in a newspaper, and that's how they used to do it. But, again, it's like, you know, this should just be a tiny little, like, newsletter thing. I mean, is this a daily newspaper in the Smallville <laughs> Torch? Like, do the students at Smallville High, like, got to get my newspaper, got to get up to date I with the Jonathan Kent murder trial? Uh, it's a small I mean, town. I'm, Just I'm, ask I'm, people. The sheriff, everyone knows John. Everyone's connected to everyone. Why do you need a newspaper? You just ask everyone. <laughs> like, Chloe, you heard the latest about Jonathan? Oh, yes, I think he's guilty. Okay, got my news for the day. Thanks. Go Crows. And who, who's the principal that allows her to print murder stories about other <laughs> students' families? It's <laughs> like her best friend. A conflict of interest much? Yeah. If I'm working in the newspaper and when I was with Louise, she shot our neighbour, they're not going to put me on the story. <laughs> and I love the point you brought up. Are the other kids here just lining up to buy the school newspaper <laughs> and read the stories that they could probably read on Google you know, or, I don't know, like uh, Yahoo back in 2003. Ask you know, James. At, at any point. <laughs> any point during the day i mean i'm a grown man and i work for a company and my company sends out newsletters like corporate newsletters and stuff like that and i swear i have deleted every single one of my inbox until today where there's a very important one and someone's like yeah you should probably read this one <laughs> i'm just picturing like a little boy with a hat like olden day newspapers standing at the front of <laughs> <laughs> extra, extra, read all about it. Jonathan Kent, That's murder when, trial. When, when, when Pete's not helping Clark investigate attempted murders, he's like, extra, extra, people. <laughs> Jonathan Kent arrested and murdered by best friend. <laughs> I just love the Smallville torch. Um, <laughs> That's Chloe's only scene in the episode. I'm glad we got that. I do want to say, we'll talk more about Chloe coming on, but I've had the, the pleasure of meeting, how many can I count now? Um, four main cast members of Smallville I've met, and you know one uh, guest star, you know major guest star they've had of Smallville. And that's kind of like my bucket list. I'd love to meet everybody from Smallville. And Alison Mack, who's playing Chloe, she will be here in Winnipeg uh, within the next couple of weeks at a Comic-Con, and I'll at least get the chance to meet her. Maybe I could ask her about the Smallville torch, like what was the hierarchy there, and who was peddling the papers in the hallway? <laughs> Just be like, were you the editor? Were you the head reporter? Were you the political correspondent? Were you the uh, the council planning correspondent? <laughs> the sports She's the only person who's ever working in there. Exactly, and she's only in high school for how many years? Who's going to take over the great Chloe? Like, you know, I mean, she's she's turned this newspaper around into the highest selling publication in all of Kansas. She's like, this is the number one newspaper in Smallville High. Okay, <laughs> I turned it around. I, t you know, I made it number one. Right, our rivals are just gone because of me. Uh, um. 
let's move on here to uh, the Wild Coyote again, and Clark and Pete going out there. This is this is Clark's best acting of the episode. His I love his rage fits he has. So basically, they're interrogating the bartender, you know, who again is like, "Oh, your dad's a drunk kid." You know, you time you know it. Your dad's a drunk and he's a murderer. <laughs> Clark's like, I gotta accept this. So he wakes a guy up and slams him into a light. And it's just sort of like, stop talking about my dad that way, you jerk. <laughs> His rage fits are so hilarious. I love them. And then the bomb is just sort of like, oh, I can see where you get your violence from, from your drunken father. <laughs> I bet you'll be a drunk in four years too, kid. <laughs> And this is Bob, and I, lo- I mean, like, I know obviously it didn't happen, but the flashback when we're seeing Jonathan Kent drinking all the tequila, he's the worst, like, we've got the worst cops, we've got the worst bartender, he's, like, literally feeding, like, half of Mexico supply of tequila, only for Jonathan Kent to be like, I'll have another, oh, I don't think that's a good idea, he's 20 bucks in your top pocket, chief, fill up more, like, if all bartenders were like that, everyone would be dead. And as we learn in the episode, he lets every high school kid in here, too. <laughs> Chloe's not covering that in the newspaper. Let me just destroy my best friend's family, not, like, out the guy who's peddling booze to, like, 14-year-olds. <laughs> Again, backing up to the newspaper, why is it even a front-page story that Jonathan gets up for murder? This is Smallville, all right? The media shower is creating the mutants and freaks of the world. This is just page seven news. Like, you know, oh, another <laughs> person's up, another person's murdered someone again. Oh, God, here we go. Look, we had a man, that, this is like the, the editor, we had a man breathing fire last week out of his mouth, okay? We had a guy who touched you and you froze to death. We have a girl who shapeshifts into her classmates. Jonathan Kent is not front page news, Chloe. <laughs> it should be the, myster- the mystery of who is the guy who's doing the police work for them, this young teenage boy who's finding bullets in barns while the other nept police will... There's the investigation. Go undercover into your town's police force and see why they suck. <laughs> and let's move on to the most unintentionally funny episode, or funny scene of this episode as Clark <laughs> and Pete leave the bar. And there was a very suspicious-looking semi-truck uh, in the background as they pulled up there in Pete's fancy car, which, of course, follows them. And it's a man in a ski mask with a rifle who drives them off the road. And as we mentioned, Ben's profile pic is... <laughs> Pete's exaggerated face. If you have not noticed this in the episode, go back and watch just as they're driven off the road and watch Pete's face. This scene is gold. Is doing, this is doing the Dukes of Hazard jump the whole, across half of Kansas. The whole sequence, though, like I, I said to Colin off it, I've probably re- rewound it like 10 times just for Pete's reaction in the whole scene because, like, they're driving on this road. This semi truck, like, out of nowhere goes towards him. It takes Clark, like, three seconds to even realize he's going head on into It's not like he's straight away, like, shit, there's a semi trailer. He's like, oh, shit, semi trailer, Pete. And then, like, the scene of Pete, like, just the bit where he swerves. There's no sound coming from his mouth. It's not like he's like, ah! Like, it's just this mute Pete that's got this look on his face of terror before the car just barrels out of control. Like, oh, this is... We will make... We'll put that picture up when this episode's posted just so people can see. But, like, the, the fact that... We were complimenting this episode earlier on. I'm still not lying. This is one of my favorite Smallville episodes of all time. Um, 
we were complimenting like how good you know the 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 editing tricks were and the music and everything in the beginning. So I don't understand why the directors, why the the producers, the editor here decided Pete is supposed to be screaming in this shot. Let's have it play silently so you just see the man's mouth gaping wide open. This car flies in the air. Was he screaming that bad? Could they just not edit like a Wilhelm yeah. scream over the top of it or something like that? Come on. You could have put Tom Welling in there going like, no! And, <laughs> and the funniest thing about this, this you know, silent jump in everything here is again just the fact that his, you don't know why his mouth is getting right open. Like, is he screaming? Is he like, yeah? Like, you can visualize so many different ways. And I, you, we've had this happen in other episodes where it's just a nothing moment in an episode. And both of us assume nobody else is going to notice that when we're covering yes. it, you know, whether it be a movie, a TV show. And we both, when you, I saw your profile pic, I cracked up right away. And I'm like, <laughs> I thought I was the only one who watched that thing over and over again. <laughs> The funniest thing, too, is, like, if you analyse his bit, I mean, obviously, you know, they the guy, the ski mask guy blows up, just happens to know where the fuel tank is. I mean, that's very specific shooting. Yeah. Um, like, if I'm Pete Ross, like, I, I know that I'm with, you know, Superman, essentially. So, basically, if I'm crashing head on into a semi, I know that he's going to have the reaction time to save me. Uh, so, like, we see that when it blows up. I mean, are you really that terrified? I mean, I'd just be living on death's edge all the time. Ah, my best friend Superman. I can do what the fuck I want. Yeah. But, but, but it's funny because you also mentioned, like, how long it took Clark to realize <laughs> the truck's coming right at them. Yet the guy fires a bullet. And it's not like he fires the bullet and then Clark's like, I heard a bullet shot. Let me throw open the door. Let me grab Pete. Let me get him to the ground. Let me shield him. The bullet enters the gas tank and starts exploding before Clark makes his yep. move. Yeah, he's still and he's still working on that faster than a speeding bullet thing. Like you know, he's only just getting them out yeah, of bombs. Exactly. So. <laughs> um, and the police, of course, will never investigate this. No, uh, exactly. We'll, Again, we'll small along. town, small small town, Kansas. Cars getting shot and blowing up is just a Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> As we move along here, you know. Of course, if this case isn't troubled enough by the fact that Clark, as far as the prosecutors are concerned, Clark probably put the bullet in the barn. <laughs> uh, he's talking about other people framing. He's like, I'm going to solve my dad's case because there's something suspicious about that bartender. So let me break into his bar. And what does he find? A dead body in the freezer. So the bartender's connected to it. Now, is this case now not again completely out the window? Because they've got the bartender now on the stand saying, is it true you had a dead body in here? It's like, no, the kid broke into my bar. I got on my security footage. He put the body in the freezer. The case is out now. Yeah. Like, Clark is screwing everything up here in reality. But luckily, he lives in the town where the police suck, so he can get away with it. Maybe that's the whole subplot of Smallville, that future Superman can get away with shit because the police really suck. If this was Gotham, well, maybe not Gotham, but I mean, if this was, I don't know, pick any other town that's not Smallville in America. Wakita, Kansas. Wakita, Kansas. Or Oklahoma. Download. Oklahoma. Download our Twister recaps. But like. Yep. Yeah, um, <laughs> that silence. Okay, so, we're just like, what? <laughs> Clark found a picture on the wall, which we don't find out what it is right away. That is ridiculous. Um, Can I just point out that scene? I'm sorry, but like, he's found a dead body. And straight away, he's like, looks at one picture and he's like, I know who killed, uh, kill shot Lionel. <laughs> like, 
there's like 50 other photos on there. If there's a picture with yeah, exactly. you know, the bartender with George W. Bush, are you going to be like, I know who killed shot Lionel Luther because they were in the newspaper. <laughs> like, it's the most ridiculous point of the whole thing. Like, you know. These, he, oh. these people, this was like a circle of friends, you know, the sheriff. Jonathan, the bartender, the bartender says, oh, I've known your dad since we were teenagers or whatever. There's probably a picture of Jonathan on there. Exactly. It's like, I know who killed him. Oh, wait a second. My dad's on here, too. He killed him. <laughs> it's true. He just quickly screwed that photo up. Autumn's in that picture of uh, him and my dad. I don't know what you're talking about. And again, back to our point. Why do we need a newspaper if all it takes is to see a photo on the wall? Oh, there's the murderer. There's the shooter. Done. Yeah. <laughs> but ultimately, Clark ruins this case even more because he goes into Lionel's room. Is And this is why I do like that the episode, like we're saying, they keep you suspicious of everybody and you don't find out right away. You know, it cuts from this to a shadowy figure entering Lionel's room. And, you know, they fire the bullets and then Clark turns on the lights and it's like, I got you now. <laughs> and in reality, he's ruined this case again because all the sheriff has to say is like, I walked in here and found the kid with a gun in his hand and he put the bullets in the bed. <laughs> Like, Clark's the only witness here. Why didn't he bring the rest of the police? Why didn't he bring Henry Smalley, attor attorney at law, or somebody to witness the fact that he's confronted the fact that the sheriff is behind this all? And also, analysing the fact, I know he's a sheriff, but in what world does he think going into a hospital room of one of the wealthiest men in Kansas, probably all of America... <laughs> that apparently has no security, walking in and shooting him. And let's be honest, if that legitimately was Lionel Luther, he got away with it and he walked out, what's going to happen there? Other cops have to investigate that. Just because he's a sheriff, oh, don't investigate that. Um, that was somebody else yeah. who shot him. Like, I mean, <laughs> does he honestly... It was Jonathan again. He was like, drunk again, like, behind bars. The worst cop, just not only because he's trying to frame everyone for the fact that he's doing all this, that he just legitimately thinks... I mean, surely as a police officer, you would know how to murder someone, at least into an intelligent way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, we the thing I do like here is that this could have been, like I said at the beginning, this could have just been ended as, you know, the the lame reveal. It wasn't Lex, you know, as we were heard earlier, you know, Lex, you know, probably killed his dad because, you know, his dad was taking over his business or no, uh, Jason Connery, Dominic Santori, that he killed him because, you know, he was going to still, Lionel was still going to use Lex and he, he didn't want to groom him like he thought. It wasn't Jonathan Ken. It was just the sheriff all along. But the reasons this work is, A, because this sheriff has been on the show for two seasons, you know, in random episodes here and there. So we're seeing an actual character being written out of the show here. Not an important one, but still 2002. It's interesting. But we have the extra scene on the end where, like you said, you, that Lionel Luther. I mean, John Glover is not only the best actor on the show. He's the best character on the show, the most complex character on the show. He's telling Lex, you know, it's like, well, how did this happen? And he basically says, and we get the flashback of the scene, where he's bribing this police officer to do all of this because, you know, it, it was all about the hostile takeover. I mean, all these stories connect, and he, he's that desperate to take over his son's business, and he openly admits it, that he would basically ruin this sheriff's life, and the sheriff's like, I have to get rid of the cancer. I love how he blubbered like a baby in front of Clark, too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But it just, it, it's so complex for Lionel's character that he had this master plan and ultimately Lionel Luther was shot because of Lionel Luther. And I, I really, I mean, this is again going back to my, you know, reference of I like evil characters in in fiction, people. 
Um, <laughs> I mean, I love complex evil people like Alana Luther, yeah, who, as you said, would do anything really to get their way. And, you know, the way that they can be so complex and the fact that, you know, they're, they're literally so ruthless they will do anything, but then, you know, you're going to get a scene in another episode where you've got to try and feel sorry for them. I mean, again, Lionel Luther's being shot. This is a guy we're meant to hate, but it's not, you know, done in a way where we... I guess it's really kind of put in the background. We hear a couple of bits like, oh, he's in a coma. If he doesn't wake up in the next two hours, he will die. Again, they've got the worst cops and the best doctors because they are that precise about how they know these things. But, I mean, it's it's interesting. But, uh, yeah, and because when I was watching this um, and we got the scene of the sheriff and the reveal and everything, I'm, I'm there like kind of confused because I'm thinking, wait, did we actually find out why he did it? And I'm thinking, like, did I miss yeah. something? Did uh, I zone out? Like, have I missed the big reveal or is it just a case of, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that was a sheriff. Cool, lol, let's move on. What's Lana and Clark doing next? Yeah. Yeah, but no, I mean, we get a good reveal out of yeah. it and that's what yeah. makes this episode so interesting. And I mean, ultimately, we've gone through the whole episode here. <laughs> There's definitely a lot of stuff to make fun of and I think that's one of the things I like about Smallville is it it is just a fun show and sometimes it's just kind of silly and dorky <laughs> we're going to get in some dorky episodes later on I love dorky Clark that's where Tom Welling shines <laughs> oh, and the uh, acting's but... worse but who cares cuz he's so darn cute <laughs> It's so charming um but like there's these episodes like this and every episode of Smallville can be different you know you get a straight superhero episode and you get they were heavily criticized in season one for just the villain of the week as it was called yeah where every week is just oh here's a different person with powers and now they can do an episode like this where it's not about anybody with powers you know it's just about this political scandal and you know, this attempted murder and this who done it i mean it, it's just it's a fun episode and this was one of those last shows that wasn't so bound to its format that it could do something fun like this and kind of get creative. Well, it's, it's interesting, like, as you're saying, like, that villain of the week, you know, or the monster of the week, as it's sometimes called, like, you know, obviously the X-Files was renowned for that, but then they had that whole mythology, you know, something like Buffy as well. Um, and I think there's a good mix of that, though. Like, it's, I mean, people would complain about that, but, you know, if you just watch a standard cop show, to me, a lot of the time, it's just, you know, crime, you know, suspect, blah, blah, blah. And there's not a whole lot of underlying stories to it. I mean, something like Smallville always still had those underlying stories of it. Obviously, it had so much to explore with the whole Superman kind of, you know, the background and everything. And I think kind of what you look at something like Gotham, I don't know if you really watch Gotham, but... Um, you know, what Gotham, I think, overdoes is the connectivity of it. And Gotham gets yeah. to a point where it's a bit OTT with the way they're doing things. Um, different eras of TV, I realise that. I'm sure if you, you know, I think they were meant to be making a young Bruce Wayne one around this time, but they never did it. But, you know, it's, it's different times. But I guess it's sometimes good with a show like Smallville or just a show like these. And again, as you said, it was kind of what they did at that time as well with TV. Just You sometimes just need your random week off. You know, oh, he's the freaky mm-hmm. guy who can burn fire from his mouth. You know, cool, that's just whatever. You don't need to think too much. Whereas really, you mentioned like 24 for things like DVD. And of course, you know, this really set DVD sales up. It's really from, you know, this point on moving forward into the 2000s that shows really steered away from that format, didn't they? It was about the binge watching. It was, you know, like, oh, we've got to end on such a cliffhanger, you know. I mean, if this was Smallville in 2017, you know, Clark's probably killed, you know, in an episode three. Like, oh, big shock, Superman's dead! Um, (laughs) You know, so, yeah, it's kind of... You need that, I feel, in a show like this every now and then. Yeah. So I don't know how we want to do a rating scale here. 
um, of suspect. Uh, do we want to do it as like a one out of five? Do we want to do it as... We can uh, still do the on-the-shelf, in-the-bin stuff, like, I guess. On-the-shelf, like, in-the-bin. I guess we would do download rent. it, rent it, because you can still rent it or delete it, I guess, because, I mean, who, yeah. <laughs> who buys a DVD box set just purely for one episode? I mean, you might. You might really like one episode of a TV show, but, um, <laughs> you know, we plan these people. Clearly, you can tell. We went into yeah. this planning it. Uh <laughs> And we clearly don't care for editing. <laughs> yeah. Again, a professional podcast would edit this out. On the Oz Network, we keep it in for your enjoyment. So what would this be rated for you? <laughs> um, this would this would be the middle one, the, the, the rent on iTunes, you know, that deletes after like two days. I, I don't think I'd want to keep this episode and rewatch it over and over again. Uh, and, I, I, you know, again, I wouldn't miss it as well. But, uh, you know, the middle ground, I'm going to go with uh, rent it. This one's definitely on the shelf for me. I mean, as I said, I have probably about once a year just the urge to watch Smallville. And the last time I rewatched the entire series, like start to finish, was it within a period of, I think, just a month. I watched all 10 seasons leading up to when the final episode aired. You must have been a very busy month in the lead up if you've watched like 10 seasons in four weeks. Wow. (laughs) Did you sleep? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. no, I found clever ways to watch this. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> in the shower, things like in that. In the shower? <laughs> wow! <laughs> How does that work? No, but, uh, but I mean, when I do go back and I rewatch Smallville, I'll usually, you know, pick a season and I'll be like, okay, which three or four episodes do I want to watch? And this is always one of the ones I want to watch from this season. So this one's the highest recommendation for me on the shelf. I love this episode because it is so different and we don't have to deal with a villain of the week. And we get so much great, like, Lionel Luther drama in here. And even just for the last scene alone of John Glover in his hospital bed, you know, near death, just telling Lex, hey, I kind of am Hitler. You know, you should know this about me. Yeah. And, I mean, going back to sort of joking about Tom Welling, Michael Rosenberg theme, like, scenes, I mean, whenever we get Lex and Lionel together, though, that's kind of the opposite. Like, I always, I love the scenes of those two together. That's That's yeah. great. I mean, I love just the way they play off each other throughout the series. And, you know, it's it's like, again, we ultimately know that he's going to become Lex Luthor. You know, he's Lex Luthor, one of the greatest comic book villains of all time. But uh, I think it, it works well because you really see where he basically becomes an evil prick from because his dad is an evil prick. So, you know, yeah. whereas <laughs> Superman, Clark Kent, becomes a nice, humble All-American because of Jonathan Kent when he's not boozing down at the Wild Coyote. <laughs> And with that, uh, we'll wrap up Suspect uh, Season 2, Episode 13, and we will be back next week. And do we want to tease what our next episode is? So if people want to catch... Yeah, we'll do that. That way you can catch up on our next random episode before it airs next week. Uh, So we're going to be jumping ahead a season. Not that we're going to always cover one for each season, but we are jumping ahead to Season 3 after this. And it'll be Episode 14, Obsession which is the first of a series of episodes throughout the next two seasons that featured one of my favorite characters, Alicia, mm. who was a, who was mm, obsessed with Clark um, and had powers herself. And this was, again, one of the uh, few instances where somebody knew about Clark's powers in the episode. So that's going to be a fun one to cover. And I, I definitely going to be a fun one to cover because this is one of those episodes when it's kind of like, oh, cute little charming Clark. It's like, dude, you're a teenage boy. There's a time to be cute and charming and another time to realise you have a hot chick in her underwear sitting on your lap. Okay? There's a time and a place to be cute and charming. 
this episode is like the epitome of charming Tom Welling. Yes. So I'll have a lot this, of this, this, this. Yeah, It really is. This is the one. If, like, parents are worried about your teenage girls obsessing over, you know, uh, whatever that website Jamie Tom went Welling. to, Man Meat or whatever, and Tom Welling, like... <laughs> this episode because this is the episode where it's like if you're worried what he's going to get up to with your teenage daughter you're going to see that he's just that sweet charming little Kansas boy that we all want to have over for a Sunday dinner as racy as the WB like to be ultimately (laughs) it all came down to just good old fashioned Kansas family values and if it was HBO we know how it would have turned out but that's another story yeah Um, so that will be next week stay tuned for that um, this episode suspect. Uh, we've got. If you want to see another one, you can send us suggestions. You know, we're we're going to be doing random things. But if you have one episode of Smallville you'd like to see, just let us know. You can uh, message us on Facebook. Uh, do we have an email address, Ben? We do. It is the Oz Network at hotmail dot com. All right, and you can email us there. Subscribe to us on iTunes. You can hear more about Smallville as well as movies, other TV episodes. Uh, this project, we don't know how long it'll go on for, but it'll be fun while we do it. And uh, till next time, I am Colin, and I also have an obsession with charming Tom Welling. And my name is Ben. And Mom! Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.